You ready? Yeah. This is the Rockaroo, home for all your Colorado Rockies talk. Still, still would like to get Alan Roach to do the intro for us. Yeah. Is that guy still working? I th- think he's doing all the uh, NBA stuff in the bubble. That's just my... Oh. I don't have any kind of uh, correspondence on that. That's just kind of from my ear what I've heard. He's a big deal. Know. He does all the Super Bowls. Um, yeah, I know. He's He's got the legit voice, the <clears throat> moneymaker. Yeah. Eat that, Joe Buck. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Joe yeah, Buck slam in the first 30 seconds. Minute and a half. Yeah. Got to love that. So, hey, uh, so he's, he's doing the bubble stuff. I know that off air, if you will, a few times you've talked about the Nuggies. I, I don't pay attention to them. Probably should get on board with that, but I just can't get into basketball, but... How'd that ever turn out? Or did it? Well? Not well? Well, it depends on where your last point of reference was. Um, Just real quick. I think they were going into game seven of the first series. Yeah, so first series against the Jazz of Utah, they were down three games to one, and they won game five, six, and seven all in a row. So they did win game seven and they advanced. Oh, shoot. Advanced. Lost hard to the Clippers in game one. I'm going to say they were just tired, both both physically and mentally. Uh, there, were, yeah. there were Nuggets players in that game at the end that I had literally had never heard of before. And I'm not oh, talking man. Dozier. I'm talking other guys that it's like what so that can that just tells you kind of how that game was then game two they came out and honestly i haven't watched every game in the past two seasons but that was the most aggressive and hard-nosed basketball i've seen them play in two seasons in the first half in the first half they kind of seemed like maybe they got petered out a little bit there in the the um the second half and then game three was a good game. They did lose. Uh, they had a 12 point lead at one point. They weren't able to hold on to it. Um, so right now they sit, they're down two games to one. Uh, they played last okay. night. So they'll play again tomorrow night, which is Wednesday. I don't think they've made a shot in the fourth quarter, um, in the last four games. <laughs> uh, oh, I say that's that, hard to win. Yeah, I say that in jest, but even though they did win game two of the Clippers series, I'm pretty sure they only made three or four shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's They they um, got cold, and even in game seven against the Jazz, the fourth was um, bad, but, but, but there were some players that came up big at the right times, i.e. Gary Harris, and uh, 
Jamal. I, I, I think Jamal had a had a big shot there in that um, there in that fourth quarter in that game seven of the Utah Jazz. Damn. Well, speaking of playoffs, did playoffs? you know <laughs> playoffs? <laughs> did Did you know there's three weeks left in the Major League Baseball wow. season? I like it. Three weeks. I like this it. week, next week, the week after. And then a day. I'll call it three weeks, though, because this week is starting from now. I guess is the way to is the way to state that. And as of today, our Colorado Rockies are not in the playoffs by record. Um, we are live here again on the Rockaroo this evening. Just want to bring that up because uh, you, you may have just heard me almost spill my all over my keyboard uh, luckily it did not happen so um, you might I did hear that you might hear some some stuff like that you might hear some dogs uh, that's just part of life this is you know it, it'll be a better flow for sure but yeah that's that that's great that the Rockies would be in the playoffs today they still it'd still be a wild card spot which I guess that's their destiny. Um, no, I think you miss. I think you misheard me. I probably did. They I was, are not. They are not in the I playoffs did, yes. as of today. You know why? Because I was too concerned about telling about almost spilling my drink. Yeah, <laughs> you were still probably <laughs> juggling it around I, I, over there. You know, you know, I was like something like that almost happens, and your heart just stops. For yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. So yeah. I apologize for missing. Uh, so that sucks. They wouldn't. They, they wouldn't be. Uh, wow. Wouldn't make the cut. That's tough. That's tough. But that being said, I would say they've been playing a lot better baseball. Uh, just within. Yeah, it was. Just within the last a little bit four of a days. roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, a little roller coastery. I, th- I think from the I guess last four days from our last a podcast we talked that they needed to not lose that series to the Padres, which they proceeded to do. Um, and then, you know, talked about sweeping the Dodgers, which they did not do. However, they did take two games out of three against the Dodgers. And uh, that was the first Dodgers series loss of the season. That's wild. That's crazy. And the first series win from the Rockies against the Dodgers since 2018. It's the t- I'm sure. total or just at Dodger Stadium? Uh, good good question. I I was just going off what the broadcast. I thought it was total, but it could have been just at Dodger Stadium. The all the stats there are like what they lost their last 12 or 13 at Dodger Stadium or something like that. Yeah, really bad. Until they won. So, um, in sandwich in between those two things I talked about was a Giants series. Uh, The Rockies did play one game in that series, and they won it, which was good. (laughs) The other game, they just didn't show up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you got Alex Dickerson, like, almost breaking (laughs) Willie Mays records. Are you serious? What? That was talk about a debacle. I don't even know. Again, we talked like it's hard to lose seven games in a row in, 
if you're trying. It's hard to give up 23 runs if you're trying to. It's just wild. It's insane. Yeah, well, hey, hey the good news is uh, in the ninth inning, the Rockies did not give up a run to the, the Giants. <laughs> right. With a D- Drew Butera pitching. Ain't that With something? Drew Butera pitching. <laughs> uh, however, every other inning, they did give up at least one run. And as a matter of fact, they gave up more than one run in every inning except for the fourth and the fifth. And the ninth, of course. Uh, so then, you know, it's like three, two, two, one, one, seven, two, five, zero. 23 to five loss. You, the crazy thing about that game is it's like uh, six hits is what the Rockies got. Normally in games like that, especially at Coors Field, it's like a back and forth or you, you know, there's a lot of hitting on both sides. That one was not the case. It was pretty much the Rockies doing jack shit the whole game. Shoot, shoot, jack yeah, shoot. Yeah, we are live tonight. You got to watch those. Can't, I can't cut that stuff out. Can't do it. Um, yeah, it, uh, man, I don't, it's like there's, yeah, it, it, it is, it's funny that, like you said, it's usually a shootout on nights like that, but not that night. It was all Giants. And the Giants have, I think they had a game last season where they put like 16 on the right, and it was like 16 to 3 or something like that. So it seems like that even though they're, I want to say nobody's, but that seems like a jinx in the in the oven, so I'm not going to say that. Um, but like Alex Dickerson and Mike Yabstrzemski, and I think those are the only guys that got hits, <laughs> and they scored 23 runs. It's just those two guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was it was crazy. The uh, I had to look it up after that. Uh, like largest scoring and run differential in MLB history. And I, I guess the, in modern history anyways, the, I guess the Rangers were involved in two big shootouts. One of both of them against the Orioles, oddly enough, one where the, the like scored the most runs. So it was like a 20, it was like a 33 to, to like 20 game which is crazy. And then one where it was like the biggest run differential, which was like a 22 to three game. And I looked that up. The game was actually going into the seventh inning. The game was like a a three to nothing game. And then the Hmm. Rangers scored like 22 runs in the, or something like that. Crazy amount. And it was 16 runs in the, in the bottom of the seventh. And then went on to win 22 to three. It's crazy. It is, especially after not, not the Rangers. I mean, that is crazy, but going back to Rockies giants, you know, they made the move for Givens on Saturday, I believe. And then the move for uh, Pilar on Sunday. And then I guess they did play on Monday against the Padres lost. And then they go yeah. out on Tuesday and just get destroyed. So it's like your GM is like, hey, we believe in you guys. We think you're a winning team. We're going to get you some uh, – some. Um, oh, what's the word? See? Help. 
see with with if if this were a regular episode, I'd just cut all this and then you'd think I you know knew knew all the words in the dictionary. Um, it's not replacement, it's not reserve, but it's like reserve reinforcements. Yep. Okay. There it is. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, GM is saying, Hey, we're getting you guys some reinforcements. Let's go. And they go out and lose 23 to five. (laughs) That was Uh, crazy. But surprisingly enough, they come out on Wednesday afternoon or Thursday after, nope, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday was off day, Wednesday afternoon. And they, they're down. I think what they gave up four in the first. And then you're thinking like, Oh my, like what the hell? And then they come back and they win, and that was huge. That really was huge. Yeah, Freeland uh, started that game, right. went two innings. That's right. And he actually, the second inning, he was first inning was a disaster. Second inning, not so much. I guess it was a. Li- it was. It wasn't like clean or anything. He he did. He did not give up a run, but he was getting hits on the second inning. And then Chichi comes in, doesn't really do like. Helps a little bit, but he gives up two runs in two innings. And then Castellani comes in and actually kind of settles things down. Then we get to see Givens for the first time. Uh, But at that point in time, you know, it took him until the seventh inning really to get going. So they put up a five-run seventh to end up winning that game. But that it it took some rallying. I think that you were going to get into that, but it's like uh, it was look was looking bleak there until the sixth inning, yeah. fifth inning or so. Yeah, and and bravo to Castellani, young guy, you know, coming into a game where it's like he's starting in the next three games with an off day in there um, to do what he did it was fantastic. And I'd like to know the story on him changing his number. If anyone has noticed. Um, you know, with all the talking that Goodman and Houston do, and, you know, admittedly, I don't listen to every word they say either, so maybe they did bring it up, but with all the talking they do, they never, like, actually bring up things that are relevant, I feel. Um, well, yeah, I think they did talk ah, about that. Fuck. What Farts. Yeah, what was his- Shit. What was his number before? It was, uh- 60. Yeah, so who's number 60 now? Is that Givens? Yeah, it's okay, Givens. So Givens. So Givens comes in and he gives up his number. Card. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, hey, you can't win them all. I took a shot. <laughs> I took a shot on those guys, and I, I'm, I, I miss this time. This time. This is just, yeah, this is just a reminder that, hey, we're not like, yeah, we bash those guys, but we're not uh, just in it to bash them like all. Oh, I'll stick up for him when they do something right every now and then. Uh, but yeah, they talked about that on the broadcast that he switched uh, after Givens came in because Givens played the veteran card and took his number, basically. Asked for his number, and I think Castellani just gave it up. Yeah, who wants to wear number 60? Other than badass Michael Givens, that's who. Hey, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, carry on, Garth. Well, I didn't know if I was getting ready to jump to... To Friday, but I don't want to. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, there wasn't much more other than uh, Givens does make his debut, I guess, in that game, and so did uh, Pilar. No, right? I, I think Pilar played Monday and Tuesday. Oh, sure. he did. But that's right. He came that's up right. big with that triple, which was so sweet. 
Yeah, so I was going to ask you what you thought so far of Pilar's performance. Well, well we can get into it yeah, more I down the road. Yeah, but. let's go. Uh, let's let's uh, hash out the Dodgers series real quick, and then and then get into Pilar because I definitely do have thoughts on that. Um, okay, so, so I'll lead us into Friday. So, yeah, please do. So I woke yeah. up Friday, and I'm thinking. The Rockies are not losing today. They're just not. They're not doing it. They go to L.A., play the Dodgers, lose all, you know, all the time. Ninety percent of the time, eighty percent. I'm sure there's an actual percentage. I don't know it, but I'm thinking they're not losing today. I was determined, almost determined enough <laughs> to send out a, a text to all Rockies fans I know, saying, "Hey." We need all the positive energy we can get tonight. I didn't do it because I didn't want to, I don't know, people are out there living their lives. I didn't want to, you know, (laughs) I didn't want to get in the way of that. But anyway, what I did, what I did was one, just the thought, like it's not happening, not today. I put on a Rockies jersey, wearing the jersey, okay? I'm doing it. And then I'm sitting there in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got Rocky socks. I'm wearing those socks too. Usually I don't like to double up just because it's a little ostentatious. But, you know, I was determined. Like I said, it's not happening. Not today. Jersey, socks. Later in the day, I'm like, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm putting the hat on. The hat is going on. So I got the jersey, the socks, the hat. Later in the day, I see my old bracelet. Okay. It's uh, it's not really a Rockies bracelet, but it's, uh, it is purple, white, and black. I'm like, you know what? I'm putting that some bitch on too. So I got the jersey, the socks, the hat, and the bracelet. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. They go out Friday night. Uh, who started that? Senzatella was that Senza Senza boy? Yeah. Okay. So top top goes yard first at bat. Right. I'm thinking. Hell yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hell yes. And then uh, I don't know the exact innings, so bear with me, but I, I believe it was the second uh, Fax Muncy went yard. So it's tied one to one. You think, dang. Okay. Well, it's tied. No big deal. Then yeah. Sam Dog, so Hill Bomb goes Hill Bomb. Yeah. Yeah, give it to I'll us. I'll let you roll. No, keep roll. Keep roll. Keep roll. Yeah, I, the, the Muncie home run was the bottom of the first inning. So it was oh, it like was? A, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so worse than I thought. Well, anyway. Yeah, it was boop, boop. Hilliard boop, comes up and, and puts a supercharge in one. And you're thinking, okay, now we're talking. Now we are talking. Then game's going along. Both pitches are pitching pretty well. Again, you might have it in front of you, but uh, Betts hits that double. And it looked like, it looked like Pilar. He made a great route. He made a great, and again, we'll get into Pilar, but he made a great route to get to that ball. I thought he was going to hold him to a single, and I think he would have if he wouldn't have bobbled it. Anyway, uh, Betts makes it to second. Seager hits it through the freaking shift. We're tied at 2-2. Okay. Then Will Smith. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Will Smith. It's a two-run bomb. So then what? It's 4-2. Am I missing anything? Uh, Do you have that box so, in front of you? 
Yeah, at that point in time, he uh, I think did Smith hit a three run bomb? No, or a two run. He bomb? hit a two run, but they had got they went ahead on a, a sack fly earlier. I remember. Yeah. So at this so at this point, it is five two. Um, five to two. Yeah. And then what inning is it? The eighth. Is it, the- it is the eighth. Okay. Inning. So the yes. eighth, the famous eighth. Let me let me see if I can remember this just from a hundred percent recall. I believe Fuentes pinch hits for Walters. Is that correct? Um. So let me get there. Okay. Okay. So to, you mean to start the inning? To start the inning, possibly second. Batter. Uh, yes. Okay. So Fuentes. Fuentes pinch hits for Walters. Okay. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Gets hit in yep. the hip. Yep. Okay. Next batter is, I believe, Hampson, leadoff guy. Uh, Tapia. Tapia. Okay. So leadoff guy, accurate. Yes. So Tapia, shoot, what does Tapia do? Uh, did he like have a little infield thing that was almost an infield single, but wasn't? And they threw him out. Yep. Okay. Yes. But it moved Fuentes to second. Correct. Story comes up, and Story. Story flies out. Yep. Okay. To right. Shallow right. Then big bad Nolan, the money man, comes up and he draws a walk. Which not terrible. Not the worst thing in the world. And then big bad two out, a two out walk. Two out walk. Big bad Chuck Nasty comes up and he just hits the shit out of this thing. Little infield blooper. <laughs> single. And then Pilar batting fifth. Goes grand slam on us. Who saw that coming? Two out grand slam at Dodger Stadium in the eighth inning. We're in a Rockies. Man, we're in a Rockies uniform. I scared the dogs when I saw that. I scared the dogs. Oh, did it was it was exciting. That was something else. You're feeling real good wearing your jersey, Pumped your up. socks, your hat, and your bracelet. You're feeling really good. Eighth inning. Eighth inning. Eighth inning grand slam. Eighth inning. So bottom of the eighth comes around. You got Carlos. To give him a one-run lead. To give him a one-run one run lead. lead. Six to five. Then Carlos Estevez, the big man. Zero, two, two, six. If you remember the nickname page. He comes <laughs> in. Uh, and you're thinking, okay. he's This guy's got blow-away heat. And, of course, what does he do? He gives up a two-run home run. Two-run home run to Pollock. First, he gives up a single, which you're thinking, ah, eh, okay, double play, whatever. And then a, a, just a bomb to Pollock. And you're thinking, are you, you know what, me? The Kidding bittersweetness me. is like as. <laughs> it's sick. It was <laughs> I have a feeling. It's like, yeah, that's and like. Here's, here's the problem with that inning, the bottom of the eighth. Not only did he give up the tying run and the go-ahead run in one fell swoop, one swing of the bat by Pollock. Then he proceeds to give up a monster shot to Pedersen. Gives up a, a single, if I remember. And then a two-run bomb to Betts. And, you know, at least if it's seven to six, it's like, well, we got one more at bat. We can maybe muster something up. No, it's like, no, I'm going to give up the whole thing. Right here, right now. Oh, man, it was... It was it was quite heartbreaking. I felt foolish wearing all my gear too. I was thinking all day about that game. 
I felt good about it all the way up until really Pedersen's home run. Because <clears throat> even after Pollock's, I was thinking, you know what? The Rockies have got this momentum. Um, it's one run. Yeah, not a big deal. But then Estevez had other plans. Man, it's crazy. That, like, so the whole series, the whole freaking series, the all that I could think is, you have got to be kidding me with all of these home runs. Like, yes. how is this real? Like, how it's is not. this real at all? They are cheating. They have to be. It's, cr- I mean, I know it sounds like just a disgruntled rival fan, but they're just, and it's not just like Betts and, and Peterson and Pollock. It's like Will Smith and Chris Taylor and Will Smith again. And uh, it's at Dodger Stadium. It's, it's weird. That's all they do really is hit home runs. All of them. It's, Every yeah. single one of them. Sem- 79 home runs total. They're number one in all of the league. Number one, all of the league. And last it's, year, I think they set, set a record as well, franchise record, if I yeah. remember the They're, boys in the booth. Yep, they have a, a, batting, a team batting average of two fifty three. For comparison, the Rockies, who have not been the greatest lately... Are hitting 260. So they're ninth in all of baseball. The Dodgers, 253, they're 12th in all of baseball in average. I mean, they hit three home runs in that eighth inning, and then one home run in the seventh. And then from a yeah, I mean, it's like that's what they do. They put they get guy like Randomly get guys on and hit home runs. OPS, 808. The 808 bump. Third in all of baseball. Actually, fourth. They're tied with the Mets. But I mean, their average in their OPS just doesn't match, which means here's another thing that was just absolutely insane to me. They do not chase pitches out of the zone. Mm, yeah. We saw that like, Sunday night. Well. How in the world, and that is real, like they're just not, I mean, they're either like getting the calls from the umpires, which is definitely something that could be going, because a lot of them are close. It's like, dude, how did he not swing at that? Uh, and they just don't, not not any, not even Jock Peterson, which is freaking shocking. I mean, <laughs> to some extent, he definitely is the worst on the team. But when you watch them, it's like, they lay off stuff like they know what's coming. Yeah, it's wild. It is, it's crazy. And so, I mean, from an average standpoint, it's like, it just doesn't make sense, you know? And then from an OPS, then it starts to make more sense, I guess. And then from the home runs, it's like, they're a boomer bust team. And right now they're booming, (laughs) but they could easily fall into a bust at some point in time. For comparison, the Rockies' OPS is 748, 16th in the league. Big time drop from what we were talking about in you know during that whole winning streak where they were top five in most all of those categories. Where are they with home runs? Oh, home runs? They're like actually kind of a joke in comparison to where they should be, but 17th, 51 home runs. When I was pulling up individual player stats, it was like, what the heck? Like, Charlie Blackman is 
you know, decently high in average. And that's it. Like from even from a home run standpoint, they don't have any guy that's like in the top 15 for home runs. Like just one player. And I think Story is leading leads with nine. Is that right? Possibly. Uh, Hilliard so, leads rookies, at least last yeah. I saw. Um, that's something that is a lead somewhere. Yes. So Story's <laughs> nine has nine, and he's thirty-two, tied for thirty-two in all of baseball. Yeah, it seems like he hasn't hit one in a while, too. That okay? That's a thing with really kind of the whole series, even though the Rockies took two of three, those three guys really, well, I guess I shouldn't say that because maybe just that game, they had opportunities and still, like Nolan took the walk, which was huge, and Charlie got that little infield deal, but um, I guess Charlie did have a bomb in the second game, and Nolan had a couple big hits in the second and third as well. So I should, I'll, I'll go ahead and reel that in. Yeah. I think that, uh, but still, from the standpoint of what you would expect them to do, they're they're not the ones getting it done. So in the in the first game, we'll just say like, Pilar's the one getting it done. Well, you could you go know? so far. He's as, hitting the granny. Yeah, true. I mean, you start with Tapia as your leadoff guy, mm-hmm. then Hilliard, your rookie, goes yard, and then uh, Fuentes. You know, it was just in the right spot at the right time. Um, and Nolan walked and, and, and Charlie hit the thing and then, yeah. And then Pilar for sure. The thing, you know, what sucks about that, that moment for him and really just for the the season highlights, like should have been huge, huge, should have been the huge thing. Like one of his biggest moments of his career, but because they go out and lose, it's almost like a nothing burger. Yeah, that's like a Sucks. that's a season turnaround situation. Yeah, uh-huh. that the the Rockies just chose not to capitalize on, and it's like, geez. But then they they move into the second game. Now I'll be a full disclosure: I did not see much, if any, of this game because of the aforementioned Denver Nuggets were playing that night as well, game two. So. I have to lean heavily on your analysis. Oh, so you missed most of that game? Yeah, pretty altogether much. is what you're telling me. That, yep. Okay. Okay. Well, um, that game was pretty exciting. We have um, some dude by the name of Gonsolin. Gonsolin pitching for the uh, for the Dodgers. And then, of course, Marquez going for the Rockies. And the, it was pretty exciting in the fact that we get all the way to the eighth inning. And it's a 2-2 game. Marquez gives up a run in the second and a run in the fourth. Then, you know, so the Rockies are... Or no, I'm sorry. Marquez gives up two runs in the fifth. The Rockies score a run in the second, score a run in the fourth... And that's all. Uh, so they they have a two nothing lead going into the fifth, where um, Marquez ends up giving up two, and the game's tied. So Marquez goes seven innings, um, allows five hits, strikes out five. It's it's basically a pitcher's duel. And from my standpoint, when I'm watching that, I'm like, 
who is this Gosselin dude? Because he had eight strikeouts. He ended up going six innings. And the Rockies really didn't do much for him or on the guy they brought in, Gonzalez, after him. It was Trinan, which is really odd, that that's when they actually get it going. And that's when they, they actually make something happen. And what it was was a super sweet two-run double pinch hit by Josh Fuentes, pinch hitting for Daniel Murphy. So Murphy's 0 for 3 in that game, and boom, the coach makes the pretty impressive call in my mind to go ahead and put Fuentes in there, and he freaking hits a, a liner down the the right field line for a double and scores two and puts the Rockies up, and that is that happened in the ninth inning, which is very exciting because at that point in time, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. We've just got another, you know, another game that the Dodgers are going to walk off the Rockies in the bottom of the ninth. But the Rockies actually get it done and end up winning that game 5-2-2. Two, two. So at starting that game off, I was I was pretty optimistic until Marquez gives up the gives up the two runs because at that point in time he was he was looking pretty good. I thought he actually looked looked very good from a from the standpoint of command and the way that he was getting it done. The the big issue was that he gives up those two runs, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, here we go again. And from from my standpoint, I'm like, that's a good pitching performance. I can't get upset at Marquez for giving up two runs late in the game. It's just a, a big-time bummer, you know, because then you go, you have to lean on the pin. And at that point, it's like, oh, shoot, what have they done? Well, the main, the main thing that happened was um, they go to Almonte – in the eighth, and then Bard gets the save in the ninth. But now Monte is the one pitcher that I feel like comfortable when they put him in, except for last night's game, which he ended up getting out of. But uh, anyways, I thought like I thought that was a nice little little go, Almonte Bard, um, for the win in that game. Pilar really doesn't do anything in that game. Blackman, you did say, you know, he hit the homer. He uh, goes two for four with the with the home run. And then the main guy's getting it done, though, is Fuentes. How sweet one is that? One for one with a pinch heat. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. You know, Story goes one for four. Tapia's doing what he's doing. Two for four is what he did. So he was... he. That's the biggest... One of the biggest disappointments, I think they said, hey, Tapia's like got a 12-game uh, leadoff reaching uh, reaching base, I guess, for in some shape or fashion. It was like 12 or 13 games. And I think out of that, I can't remember what they said. It was like maybe 16 times he's reached base and he scored like twice. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. But they come out with the win after the 
the the the game the night before, which again that is that is a very big positive, you know that they're not, not yeah because that would be easy, you know just like losing by seven hundred runs the other night it'd be easy to go out the next day and just be uh, phoning it in and they didn't do that. Yeah, and it's not just that they came out with the win; it's that it was a basically a pitcher's duel and they get it done in the top of the ninth when it's like oh man like here we go the bottom yeah. of the ninth was still a little bit stressful i mean bard didn't necessarily come in and just like close it straight down i think that there was a little bit of traffic going on in the in the ninth there so it was uh he came on i guess he struck out Pedersen, but then Pollock, of course, singles, who seems to be having a great year against the Rockies, as usual. Uh, then he gets a strikeout and then a flyout. So I guess it was just a, you know, just the one guy that got on. So that's not that big of a deal. But it was nice to see them put it together in the ninth because, again, you have just like the the inning that you were talking about before, you had the pinch hitter. Uh, in this one, they had the pinch hitter that actually drives in the winning runs. But right after, uh, in that inning that they hit the grand slam, you know, it's very similar to the top of the ninth where Tapia comes up. He's single, so he gets on base. Trevor Story singles, which was a big single. And then Arenado singles on a ground ball to, um, through the through the right side and at that point in time it's like yeah man like okay it's bases loaded we got this happening and then of course blackman grounds out and in comes fuentes boom he hits the double down the line unfortunately you're kind of hoping for more than than that more than just the the double down the line which actually scored trevor and nolan and then Hampson and Hilliard both struck out, which is kind of a, a bummer to end that inning. But you're hoping for more runs in that inning. But it was the top of the ninth, and it was nice to see the Rockies kind of put it together, especially Fuentes coming through with that. Yeah. Love Fuentes. And not just that, but pinch hitting for Daniel Murphy. Like, that's sweet. That's sweet. You know, this guy who has maybe, what, does he even have a hundred at bats in the big leagues? So doubtful. I like that. Yeah, Daniel Murphy's really kind of bumming me out, but you know what? Always it's, has. It's fine. Always has though. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to see them phasing him out, really, because his defense just is not good at all. So you you're no. already up by having Fuentes play, and if Fuentes can come in and and get you just even like singles and and opportune hits. And and then to throw clutch doubles late in games on top of it, and then on top of that, first inning two run bombs the next day. That's sweet. That's sweet stuff mm-hmm. right there. And that's the thing. He gets rewarded with the start the next day, and that was the this. So the last game of the series. That's where it really sh- like shined that again you don't have your typical guys getting it done stories in the next game the rockies win we've already talked about that i don't know if you want to go into the game itself but 
Story 0 for 3. Arenado does get a hit in an RBI in that game. Blackman 0 for 5. And then Pilar is getting hits. Mm-hmm. Matt Kemp getting big time hits. Yeah. Fuentes getting big time hits. Hampson getting it done. You know, and it's like those are the thing. guys like the yeah. Hampson those are the, that thing up. That triple you're talking the triple, about? Triple, yeah. Yeah, man, like he freaking drilled that thing. And it was on a I think it was a, an O two. Was it an O two count or one two. He was definitely down in the count. I. Th- it was an O two count to start, anyways. He worked it back. Maybe yeah, to I think he a full count. Or yeah, something. I think he. It was O two with some bad. I don't. I can't remember if there was like bad strike calls or, um, or what. But then, yeah, I'm pretty. I think he worked it back full, and he just looked outmatched in that at bat. And you're kind of. At least I was kind of you know taking the pessimist route and thinking, oh man, he's more than likely going to strike out. Cause it just wasn't looking like a great at bat, and then he just boomsticks it, which is sweet. I mean, he uh, Hampson's a legit player, folks. If you, if you don't believe yet, then open your eyes. Yeah. So, and oddly enough, if like during that time, uh, you don't see McMahon at all, unfortunately. You know, so uh, Hampson was getting the full play all the way through that series. And rightfully so. Yeah, I guess in the like that's one thing we didn't get into in that giant that Giants game. Actually, the Giants series, Hampson in the game they lose twenty three to five. Hampson hits two bombs. Yeah, and again, that's something that kind of gets lost because of the way the final score was. But yeah, two, two, and I don't even think Nolan has ever done that. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't think Daniel Murphy has done it in a Rockies uniform. I think we can safely say that. So there's something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And yeah, and then the very next day he hits a bomb. So three bombs in that series. So I can't remember if I already said that or not, but. Well, the, if he did, it's definitely worth repeating multiple times. Yeah. And we did like we didn't really talk about that second Giants game. Oh well, we did, but we didn't really get into the whole. I guess you did. You said that the Pilar hit that that crit that critical triple in that game, which was you know awesome to see because at that point in time you're still kind of wondering uh, what like how good he's really going to be for the Rockies. He's been putting together a good season, had a good season last year um, for the Giants, which is funny because the, like, the, you talk about how they play those, like, uh, those, like, highlights, the MLB highlights, and one of the MLB highlights that they consistently play is Bruce Bochy's 2,500th win or whatever it is. And it's just the call of Pilar making the final out in that game. And it's funny because you hear that and then boom, there he is playing for the, the Rockies. And uh, at initially the move, like you really don't feel great about Pilar from a like, oh, that's a big move standpoint. But defensively, I was feeling, oh, that's a massive, massive upgrade. Offensively, I didn't really know, but 
like I said in the last podcast, I think that we'll like what we see. And honestly, at this point in time, I'm pretty much liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, his defense is top tier. And it's it's yeah. about time the Rockies have someone like that in center field, especially at Coors Field. Yeah. You know, he makes yes. that great catch against the wall in on uh, on Wednesday afternoon and yep there's just something you know maybe he did bring that spark he did bring a spark and he's a veteran enough guy but he's still young enough to probably relate to the younger guys so he's kind of half and half um you know he's taking great at bats he's squaring up balls hitting triples and homers and uh, I like it. I mean, there's what there's nothing not to like other than I did see him dog see him dogging it up the line on some infield grounders, which I don't like, but um other than that Oh, and and that bobble, we talked about that bo- or I talked about that bobble on Friday night that Oh yeah. You know, it looked like Betts was may have just stayed at first until he saw the bobble. But, you know, it happens to the best of them. You would have rather not seen that. But I think just his, the routes he take. you know, that's always what we talked about with Charlie Blackman in center. Like his routes were just terrible, just terrible. Yeah. And Pilar's yeah. routes are, you know, they're going to get you more outs. They're going to get you, you know, he's going to cut balls off better. You know, you're going to keep doubles into singles and he's he's coming through with the stick, which is really nice. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So the big so the big hit on Sunday against the Dodgers was the Matt Camp Jack, mm. which was sweet. Yeah. So that occurred in the in the seventh. No, sorry, the eighth. And come to find out, I guess that's the first game the Rockies have won uh, after they've been uh, behind after the sixth inning all season. Oh, really? Is that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I'd pretty like, much. Pretty much. That's one of their things, it seems like. It, you, usually, like you always have confidence that they're going to, you know, get something done in the late innings, but they just really haven't been doing that lately. That being the first game that that happened, and of course it was Matt Camp in Dodger Stadium. That was sweet. And in comes Bard. He gets the save. And that was the one that I think was a little more... I think Bard came in. Yeah, Bard came in, gets the save. That's the one that was a little more stressful than uh, that I was remembering than the second game. Because in that one, I think he he kind of gets it, gets it a little tight in that bottom of the ninth inning but he's still like i kind of like him as a closer i like him there uh i know that he's six for six and the numbers match up but i like his demeanor he doesn't get rattled you know so i do like him there yeah so far so good you know you got some wood over there um oh geez (laughs) just fucked up some shit (laughs) (laughs) don't spell your t i hit it too hard um, yeah, that I did want to comment on that ninth inning on, on Sunday, you know, you brought up the thing about how the Dodgers were really good at laying off, um, off, 
off good pitches outside of the strike zone. And I, that was very evidenced in, the, in the, the last inning there. So they get two outs. And then freaking Edwin Rios, which who? You know, he goes up there right. and you're thinking, okay, here we go, baby. And he just has an incredible at bat. Incredible. Draws the walk. And then you got Lutz comes up. It's like, okay, high prospect, but still young. Still young. And he starts 0-2. And you're thinking, oh, yeah. Bard's throwing gas at 99. And he just keeps fouling pitches off. Fouling pitches off. Then he works to 3-2 count and takes the walk. And you're like, you're thinking, oh, man. And then freaking Seager comes up. Another he had he had already had two home runs in that game, which you yeah. know, goes to the home run point. And you're thinking, damn, but it almost seemed like it almost seemed like Bard was more comfortable pitching to Seeger. Did you get that? Maybe because he, yes. he he knew him more, or maybe he had faced him before, whereas the other guys maybe he, he hadn't faced him and um he was a little he wasn't as confident, which was crazy but got got the jump uh, got the job done slower down got the job done and that's end of end of night that's all that matters we didn't mention what the hell was with the the start time on that game on a sunday night yeah that's weird real quick before we go into that though i just want to say like those two at bats prior to seegers at bat and you're talking about bard feeling comfortable you have Edwin Rios or whoever and Gavin Lux, both rookies, draw the walk. Again, it, it's like feels like it's they're not swinging at pitches that you like like they know they're coming. You know, it's like what the heck. Then the very first pitch that he throws to Corey Seager is that changeup that drops out of the zone and Corey swings at it, and it's like what? Like how did these two like rookie guys lay off that pitch? Three times, each of them three times in their at bats, and then Seeger swings at the very first one and ends up striking out. Wait, did he? No, no he, he grounded gr- out. Yeah. He grounded out, but it's like you're right. Like it's just it was real odd to me when I was watching that. Uh, but I don't know. He he maybe likes the he liked to have the the fancy save instead of the standard save. You know, like yeah, sometimes me- you, you want to. St- Give me the dude that's hit two yeah, home runs already. Bring him on. Ain't no way he's hitting three, right, Alex Dickerson? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he wanted to intentionally walk both Rios and Lux, and but Bud Black wasn't having it, so he's just like, screw it, I'm going to do my own. I want Seeger. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Seeger. Well, anyways, yes, so the start time on that game, it's the last game of the series, typical getaway game. You usually get away games regardless of what day they're on or afternoon games. Right. Uh, this one, however, was not. And it was a Sunday game, too, which is definitely typical, you know, afternoon games. And for whatever reason, they started that game at whatever time it was. 7-10 East, uh, Pacific time? Is that what it was? Or... Six six ten Pacific. Yeah, either way, it was, was even later. later. It wasn't one. It wasn't afternoon. That's really all that matters. So yeah, like, and then the the very next game is in San Diego, and that's a 
I guess a that is a seven ten Mountain Time start, which is to me it just seems weird that you go late start, late start, and I get it like not a lot of travel to go from LA to San Diego, but still like I don't know. It's not fun to watch a and maybe it was Labor the Labor Day thing, but then you would think, why wasn't the San Diego game on Labor Day, Monday Labor Day, why wasn't that an afternoon game then? Which it wasn't. It was a super late game. So it's like you don't get that exciting like afternoon game feel all Labor Day weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing there is, you know, when they scheduled that, they already knew there weren't going to be any fans, so I don't think it mattered. But it was weird. I mean, my... With Sunday, I think your first, as a fan, your first thought is, oh, that's going to be Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, nationally televised. It wasn't. <laughs> and it's just, at least <laughs> they were they were playing San Diego the next day, so it was just a little bus ride, but um, which I think that's probably part of why they did it. And if you look, and I, again, don't want to step on your toes, but the, the getaway game against San Diego this week is also a night game, and then they go back to L.A. to play the Angels of Anaheim. So, I don't know. Sometimes I think, I don't know what goes on in schedule maker rooms. Do they just, whether they're aware of it or not, do they take favor more to teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Cardinals? And teams like the Rockies and the Marlins and the Diamondbacks, it's just like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever, just squeeze them in there. I don't know. I don't know. It certainly feels that way for sure. Um, I, yeah. It's... You feel like they do that specifically for TV, too. I mean, nobody gives a crap about the West Coast teams except for the Dodgers from a TV standpoint. I mean, all of the East Coast is freaking been asleep for two hours by the time those <laughs> I, I games know. even start how even here in the mountain time zone those the and even though and even though it was a weekend now i am getting older so that's part of the equation but man it's hard to to stay up and watch those those west coast games it's just yeah. not like i'm already tired by the time the game starts like geez the game hasn't even started yet <laughs> what the hell um, and yeah. it's a, it's a bummer and it, you know, man, if you're living in Ireland as a Rockies fan, you're really screwed. Yeah. You gotta just, that's why honestly this season, especially with no fans and just how weird it's been, uh, I've been doing a lot of blacking out and watching my, watching the Rockies play uh, the next morning, especially the weekends. I've been watching, you know, Saturday morning games and Sunday morning games And Sunday can be real fun because you watch, you know, you get up, you have your coffee, you watch the little Rockies from the previous night, and then as soon as you're done, you get yourself some lunch, and then you turn on the Rockies for that day. You know, it's a little double double header action. Well, get your times a little mixed up, but, you know, it's been, uh, it's kind of a nice way to approach that, though. You just got to, and it's easy to not watch, not find out about those games because you go to bed. And then you just wake up in the morning and turn it on first thing, you know? Go to bed before the game even starts. Yeah. I haven't done that, but I, I, I did it once this season where I started really late. 
and really like only like 30 or 45 minutes late, but it was late enough to where I didn't have to watch a single commercial, which that's actually pretty cool. It's pretty cool not yeah. watching those commercials. So, I mean, I get it. I still, my problem is like, I know that, that like this has already happened and I feel like <laughs> almost foolish for watching it, but. Oh, uh, well. You just got to trick your mind into not caring about that. <laughs> Sorry, I've got uh, tonight's game on the background. Spoiler alert. Oh. Well, why would you do that? <laughs> As we're talking about you being black. Yeah. Because I couldn't hold it in. That's why. Well, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, you'll find out soon enough, my friend. You know, speaking of Josh Fuentes, there was another famous Fuentes, if we remember, on the Rockies. Probably, yeah. I, I think probably unanimous. <laughs> Why do I try and say these words? I just look like a fool. Again, on during live episodes, so I can't cut it and, and smooth it out. Unanimously. <laughs> oh, man, I almost made it that time. You all know what I'm trying to say, so, you know, what's the point? Uh, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> unanimously. Yeah, the the best closer in Rockies history, and that was Brian Fuentes. Yeah. And now we got a new Fuentes. And... Boom. It's fun to watch the new Fuentes hit bombs and, and play a good first base. Um, it's even more fun to see Nolan really be pumped up after a win and he goes over and, 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 and slaps hands with his cousin or, as we're always told, more like his brother. It looks like Nolan's actually enjoying himself in those moments. Um, you never yeah. saw that with Daniel Murphy. You just didn't. So I think that is, that's cool. I wonder how many, and I'm sure Drew and Huey could educate us on this, how many brothers or relatives play on the same team with one another. Now, I know there's those catchers right now for, or those, well, I guess one's a catcher for the Rangers and another plays for the Giants. That's actually like that. If you think about it at the highest level, like that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. Absolutely. (laughs) Especially since, I mean, Fuentes, you really don't see him coming, I guess, from a standpoint of dude's not like top prospect in all of baseball and not talked about left and right. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's here. And right now, uh, the guy's hitting what, three. 30 with a 900 OPS or something? I I don't know numbers, but I mean, it's I, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look and see if I can get the actual number uh and then I can, you know, just tell you what it is. Uh in the meantime, okay, here I did get it. 370 with a 993 OPS. So I know it's a, it's a small sample, but that's pretty solid. It's got Nolan beat right now. Ooh, cuz. Look out, bud. Yeah. 
Nolan's 752 OPS is quite embarrassing. I mean, even Ramil Tapia, who has one home run on the season, has an 825 OPS. Ramil is really... Man, he started the season so poorly. Well, actually, he started... Wait, let me try and think. He started okay and then went really poorly and really wasn't playing at all. And now he's the, yeah. he's the leadoff guy. He's like the D- left-handed DJ LeMayu. He really kind yeah. of is because uh, he just... Except for his OPS is legit. Well, he's what the is like, his OPS? left-handed... Eight, it's eight. 20. OP, uh, it's 789, sorry. So, um, DJ had a, like a career 720 OPS with the Rockies. And then he went to the Yankees and now he's like a thousand OPS guy. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even want to look at it, but (laughs) two years in a row, all two and a half. Does this count as a half year or full year? I don't know. Doesn't matter because he hasn't even had enough at bats to qualify. So there you go. That's DJ's. But yeah, he is more like a left handed DJ, LeMayhew, except here's the other thing with him he's got speed. Right, right. Yeah. And speaking of speed, Trevor Story, how about a shout out for leading the league with stolen bases? Yeah. 13. Yeah. 13. So that is amazing. It's not though. I want to call it amazing. I know that was probably kind of just, you know, something to say there, but I mean, he's a fast dude. He should be leading the, the league in stolen bases. I guess the amazing thing that I am more referring to is that the, I guess that the Rockies are stealing bases. And honestly, it's not just, it's not just Trevor. There's a there's a very specific, uh, like a. It seems like there's more of a focus on base stealing from yeah. the Rockies' standpoint. Yeah. And I do know, like, they're not only are they stealing. It's like when they're stealing, they're really efficient. I think that they are probably one of the top teams in efficient as efficiency of stolen bases, not getting caught, basically. And that's pretty awesome. And I guess that's more what I meant. In the past, I mean, Trevor always gets, what, 20 stolen bases or so? Ooh, I don't know. Does Billy Hamilton still play? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he does, I think. I think. Um, The... Padres, of course, we heard about them, and they they steal the most bases. But the Rockies are fifth in all of baseball and stolen bases. So, and then efficiency, since I talked about it, they probably don't have it, but um, I don't know what their efficiency is. Let's see if I can find it somewhere. Stolen base efficiency is not a, I don't think it's a thing. And if it is, I don't know. I don't know where it's at. So um, it is definitely a thing. I just can't look at it real quick. But, you know, the the Rockies are stealing bases more than they normally do, I think. And that gives Trevor 
more ability to to be there. Plus, he's getting on base, so I think that that's what I that's really more what I meant. By amazing, anyways. <laughs> Did you just spend five minutes breaking down why you used the word amazing in that situation? I really probably would say that it was at Three least and five minutes. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got 13. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He should have yeah. won so a game. Go. So he should have 40, but whatever. Yeah. It's just not a popular thing. Still, Which is like weird. stealing bases and bunting it just doesn't exist anymore. I understand bunting at least, but why? Like, I guess you don't want to. I, I guess I do understand it. You don't want to run yourself into an out, but. Yeah, but if you're good at it, then what? Like, I don't know. You put the additional pressure on the the your opponent. I, th- I mean. Oh no, I'm I'm totally for the stolen base. Um, maybe it's time for Trevor to start taking third more often. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I don't. We didn't really talk about Monday's game, Labor Day game. The Rockies end up losing to the Padres. But uh, it was an amazing, and this this I'm really gonna say it was amazing pitchers duel all the way through. Yeah, and e- even even though they lost that game, it's at least a loss you can live with, you know. Opposed to Friday night's game against the Dodgers, I was like, really? Yeah. Or you know the twenty three to five smackdown. Those are lo- loses you can't live with but um yeah other than it's late in the season and you and you really got to put it on the Padres because they're ahead of you and you got to show that you can beat them which you did early in the season and then later you didn't and you know uh, outside of that but you're right it's a it's a loss you can stomach because the Padres just executed at a Odd time, I guess. Uh, it, the thing that sucks about it is you have Jerkson Profar, who's who Drew made very specific mention to say the guy's only hitting like 150 at home. You have that be the guy that hits the double that scores a super fast dude from first base uh, to walk you off. That's kind of a bummer. But Freeland looked really good. And, you know, the Rockies did not look great against Lamette, but Lamette is actually a very good pitcher. I don't like to make excuses. Uh, you still got to find a way to score a run or at least get him out of there before the eighth inning, which you can't do. So it's it's a bummer because the Rockies did have some opportunities and just didn't, uh, didn't get it well, done. Well, and especially coming off the momentum of – of the the Dodgers series, but uh, on in the vein of not wanting to make excuses, maybe that weird night game on a Sunday night. You know, maybe they were tired. I don't know what is that drive from L.A. to San Diego. I think it's at least four hours, which in the middle of the night uh, is not great. Yeah, unless 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have some pretty luxury buses, but... Um, Not enough to where every player <laughs> no. could be in a <laughs> queen-size bed. Yeah. Yeah, so you get there late, and I guess you get to... You're just being wake settled. Wake up late, and that's... It's just out yeah. of rhythm, too. Yeah. I don't know what the drive is. It's got to be pretty significant. Like you said, it's not a one-hour drive, that's for sure. It's a thousand... Yeah, it's... De- oh, wait. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a longer drive than just like, hey, hop in, the, hop in the car and go for a day trip. That's definitely not the deal. Well, it could be. I'm trying to... How fast can my thumbs work? While you... I'll look that up while you get us into the coming ahead the coming attractions so coming ahead we talked about the sandy the first game of the san diego series so the rockies moved to san diego they have uh san diego for i guess three games for three games they have an off day on thursday and then they go to los angeles again to play four against the Angels uh, all the way through Sunday, and then they'll have an off day on Monday. But the first game of San Diego we talked about, unfortunately they lost. Freeland looked great. Um, Lamette looked really good. So today they're playing the Padres at San Diego, and we've got Chichi Gonzalez going against the newly acquired San Diego Ace Somebody Clevenger. I can't remember his first name. Mike, I believe. Just a standard Mike-o name. So the Rockies need to find a way to get to him. They gotta get uh they gotta get a game. They gotta get a series against San Diego. This is the first series at San first and only series at San Diego. So gotta get it done. Then we have the the Rockies ace going. Sensatella taking on some dude named Zach Davies. Davies uh, throws pretty uh, pretty light, but for some reason he's super effective. So uh, gotta find a way to get to him. That's in the Wednesday's game, and then Thursday's the off off day, and then they go to Angels. So the Angels series, no starting pitching has been announced. The Angels are one of the worst teams in all of baseball, but they do have Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, who happen to be. MVP winners gotta find a way to to get the knock the angels out gotta win that series for sure because at that point after that point you'll be two weeks remaining so after this next week we'll probably know if the Rockies legitimately have a chance to fight for the uh, wild cards or the NL West title I don't like soon they're gonna st- like teams are going to start getting eliminated here pretty soon, so got to find a way to put some win a winning streak together. Got to win both of those series, San Diego and Los Angeles, and then you can you can hit us with the uh, with the drive information from Los Angeles to San Diego because they're doing it back to back, and then I'll hit us with a little go Rockies. Well, so it's saying here, there's two routes. Uh, hour and a, hour and forty five to 
two hours roughly. Um, so, so not terrible. That's actually not terrible. But still, yeah. I mean, it's late at that night. You trip. just played a baseball game. You know, you going back to the. I'm sure they went back to the hotel, took shower. Well, actually, I don't know how that works. I guess you take shower at the at the um, stadium. Which I would like to say a couple things. One, why aren't the Rockies selling advertisements in their their open seats like the other teams like we saw in Los Angeles? That seems odd. Uh, that is and odd. Two, without fans, it just shows how ugly, even more so, how ugly Dodger Stadium is. I don't get it. They're, you know, one of the top markets in all the land. And they just got this ugly ass stadium. It's it's in a really cool location, but the stadium itself, like it's just, it's not pleasing to the eye. It's like the Dodgers play here. The Dodgers yeah. play here. So I just hate. Honestly, I don't like watching games for that reason. It's just boring. It looks like a glorified AAA stadium. Um, so did want to say that. And I will say Anaheim is actually closer. Let's see. Let me let me do this real quick. San Diego to Anaheim. Boom! 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 Hour and a half, roughly. Or you can take the um, Pacific Surfliner, which I, looks like maybe is a train. That's about two and a half hours. Uh, ah, two hours. That so. might be fun. Anaheim, a little closer. Okay. Well, there you go. So that will be. Uh, that will hopefully I don't know. Either way, the Rockies need to get they need to get it going. Yeah, it they need to get it going. Far, so they need to win games. Yeah, they they gotta win games. So uh trade trade deadlines behind them. Um they've gotta find a way to figure it out. They've they've got some starting pitching I think that can still get it done. The bullpen has to put it all together and then the big players, Blackman, Story, and Arenado, have got to hit, and they've got to hit in and not just, critical situations. Yeah, absolutely. And not just at this point. Now it's not like now they have to catch fire. Like we're talking, like, yeah. You know, you got to go back to the Charlie Blackman, fourteen for seventeen. Like hit a lot and um, often, a lot and often. Are those the same thing? I don't know. Yeah, no, no. They they're two different things. So, a lot and often. So, every night you got to be going, you know, getting two hits and uh yeah, every game you get two hits and every night you do it. So that's a lot is two hits a game often is every game. So, you know, just do that. Do that, guys, and things will be fine. So, all right. Well, hopefully they start that tonight, and uh, I'll lead us out with a uh, go Rockies. Go Rockies.